0: We are right here on a Thursday in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Hope your Thursday's going along well. Mike Steely, along with Parker Thune and you together again. We're going to do uh, hopefully some brilliant radio today. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be uh, just above mediocre, but we're going to give it our very best effort. Parker, what's happening? How you doing? Well, Steely,
1: i tell you what. Junior day is upon us. At the University of Oklahoma. Junior and day I'm is thinking, happening. I'm thinking it's about time to get this 2024 class rolling.
0: It's about time. You're right. You're exactly right. Now, tell us the highlights for this upcoming junior day for OU. What
1: are the uh, Give me a
0: headline and like a sub-headline.
1: Well, the name we've talked about the most is probably, indisputably, Michael Hawkins. Right? The four-star quarterback out of frisco texas the ou legacy that's going to be in town shortly before his january 31st commitment date and yes to the best of my knowledge that is still his commitment date despite the fact that he briefly tweeted and then deleted that the uh, commitment date was going to be postponed so that is the name that uh, i would say most sooner fans are keeping an eye on there are plenty of other guys that are going to be in town this weekend though that i would say I, I, i don't know to say they're on commit watch makes it feels like there's it makes it feel like there's some expectation there, and then if you get to the other side of the weekend and they're not committed, everybody's upset. So, I'm not saying anybody's necessarily on commit watch this weekend, but I do think it's reasonable to expect that coming out of this junior day, Oklahoma could have two or three guys announce, well, not announce, but silently pledge to Oklahoma and put. Announcements on the calendar for the month of February, or perhaps even later. I think Peyton Pierce is a guy that we've talked about a lot. I think he's real close to getting to a decision behind the scenes, but I wouldn't expect an announcement until probably March from him. So, him, Aaron Flowers, Jaden Hardy, uh, Eli Bowen, Bowen the Younger, uh, all guys that I think as they make their trips up to Oklahoma, this weekend could all be in position to really solidify their place in this 2022 class for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has a chance to really solidify themselves as the destination for those players.
0: Yeah, who's going to be first in the 2024 class? By the way, I like that for uh, Eli Bowen, Bowen the Younger. Bowen the Younger. Bowen the Elder and Bowen the Younger. I mean, it sounds like a great beer, Bowen the Elder. There is like a famous beer. I think it's Pliny the Elder that's like a real famous uh, like import beer that's highly rated. So, Bowen the Elder and Bowen the Younger. I like it. Very, it sounds very medieval. Do you hear what you uh, want to get medieval. If you're in the secondary, you want to get medieval on people, right? Yeah. Like they did in Pulp Fiction.
1: Do you hear what uh, Bowen the Elder ran last week in testing? I did not. <laughs> 446. That'll fly. Moving. That's
0: moving. Who's faster, he or Michael Hawkins? I would say he
1: is slightly faster.
0: But you say Michael Hawkins though, when you're a quarterback and you're running four or five, you know, yeah. in that range, that's uh, that's mobility right there. If you can throw the football, and uh, by most accounts, Michael Hawkins is a pretty good thrower of the football as well. Tell me about Taylor Heim, the uh, kid from Bethany, who is about to be part of the 2023 class, right? Whoa,
1: okay. Steely's already putting the label on it. He's he's part of the class, huh?
0: That's what I'm
1: hearing. From experts like Tyler uh, McComas? I mean, look, I do have a crystal ball in, so yeah. I, I agree with you. He's going to be taking an official visit this weekend, and you saw the PWO surge from within state lines over the last few days. Oklahoma locking up guys like Andrew Heinig, whom they flipped from BYU, Cale Fugate and Jacob Snyder, a couple of Bixby guys, an intriguing lineman from Turpin, Oklahoma, that I really like in Drew Bat. Now, Taylor Heim is not a PWO. This is a scholarship offer for Taylor Heim. And from what I understand, this is an offer that came straight from Brent Venables. Brent Venables was the one that looked at Taylor Heim's tape and decided, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what position this guy plays. We want him on our roster. One of
0: those guys that's a football player and you think he's such a good football player that you're going to try and find a place for him. Basically is what we're talking about. Now I understand again that uh, he doesn't have a composite ranking yet. He does not. So that the other sites
1: got to pick up their slack. So
0: that would not affect where Oklahoma is right now. They're four, and it's a it's a it's not a Grand Canyon size gap between Oklahoma and Texas at four and three, but it's it's somewhat sizable. But uh, this kid again is going to be part of the twenty twenty three class. You, Crystal balled Taylor Heim, six three one ninety out of Bethany, and they're going to find out where they're going to play this kid. Sounds a little bit like what Bob Stoops said about Dan Cody. Well, where do we play? I mean, like, I don't care. Hi, kid's a football player, all right? You know, that kind of deal. Uh, and Brent makes this call. I did see that uh, Bryson Washington ends up at New Mexico. And when you look at the Sooners right now and where they've ended up, uh, Power Five guys, the Ouse, Missouri, uh, you've got Nick Evers to Wisconsin, Clayton Smith to Arizona State, other guys where they landed, uh, Joshua Eaton to Texas State, Kendall Dennis went to uh, USF. You have David Aguebu at Houston and now Josh Ellison at Memphis. So uh, Bryson Washington ends up at New Mexico. Uh, Bryson Washington pretty highly recruited. What happened? <laughs>
1: I mean, it wasn't a good eval by Alex Grinch and his staff. I mean, that's really the story. I mean, you look at really all of the evals they made during the three years that Grinch was defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and it isn't without exception, but the vast majority of the players that they recruited, particularly in the secondary, just have not panned out. You think about that 2020 class of defensive backs. Bryson Washington, Joshua Eaton. Kendall Dennis, and, oh, who am I leaving out here? Justin Harrington. There you go. Justin Harrington transferred or tried to transfer, didn't have any takers in the portal, ended up coming back to Oklahoma as a preferred walk-on. The other three have transferred, and all have ended up at group of five destinations, Eaton and Texas State, Kendall Dennis at USF, and then, of course, Bryson Washington at New Mexico. So I'll go ahead and say it, and... I know this is not going to be the hottest of takes, but let's just call a spade a spade here. Alex Grinch and his staff were not very good at evaluating defensive It's an indictment
0: of how they evaluated players, yes. And when you look at the guys who ended up at the uh, Power 5 schools, again, you get uh, one guy on the defensive side of the ball, Clayton Smith, who was almost a five-star, and then you get two guys on the offensive side of the ball with Theo Weiss, who was a five-star, and Nick Evers, who was a high four-star. So there you go. Uh, So a lot of this you look at, again, some failures in recruiting by the previous staff. All right. uh, So the Sooners have, again, in the portal, 12 additions. And uh, a lot of these guys should be able to help pretty quickly. Joel Klatt yesterday talking about portal additions. Ranks Deshaun McCullough coming from Indiana to Oklahoma, number three overall. Here's what he had to say. Number
2: three, a guy that not a lot of people know about, uh, Deshaun McCullough. He is a defensive end. He left Indiana, and he's going to Oklahoma. Um, Got a chance to cover him a couple of times this year at Indiana. He was Indiana's highest-rated recruit that ever signed with him and a a, a legacy guy. You know, he's got family members all over college football. His dad's a coach. His brothers play college football. And this dude can absolutely play. Um, Watched him in both of those games, and I was thoroughly impressed. And now he's going to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a team, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I think Oklahoma is a team that can really flip next year. And and they could be the one that is competing for that playoff spot or maybe even making a run in the playoff after being, let's face it, kind of an average team this year. All the close losses that they had. Well, what do you need to win? What do you need to do to flip close losses into close wins or even big wins? Well, better health. Yeah, that, that'll that help. But then it's usually just steal a possession here or there. Rush the quarterback a little bit better, and this guy can rush the quarterback. He might be able to steal a possession by getting a turnover. So Deshaun McCullough, for me, as an edge player at Oklahoma, is very interesting. No doubt
0: about it. Uh, Deshaun McCullough might just be the Sooners' best defensive player next year, and that's not taking anything away from guys like Peyton Bowen or – Uh, Danny Stutzman or Ethan Downs, uh, and Ethan Downs was a little bit up and down, but I still think he's got a lot of talent. And uh, Stutzman had some issues, you know, with alignment here and there and, and gaps and stuff like that. But Deshaun McCullough, this is a guy that could wreak some havoc for Oklahoma on defense, no question.
1: Yeah, he could, and Joel Klatt has talked about him as an edge player. And I think he will be used situationally as a pass rusher, but the design for Deshaun McCullough at Oklahoma is to play that cheetah role and it's an ideal fit for the guy because especially when you look back at his background as a high school player, he did a little bit of everything. He played safety. I believe he even played some corner. He played linebacker. He played defensive end. He's just one of those genetic freaks that has both the size and the athleticism to do a little bit of everything and do it well. So that said, you think about the Cheetahs that BV has had in years past at Clemson, that's exactly the type of players those guys were. And so McCullough is a hand-in-glove fit for that position. There will be other guys that Oklahoma tries to work in at that spot. I think Jaden Rowe is certainly a guy that fits the mold as well. And it wouldn't shock me if you saw some Sammy Omicigo in year one for him as well as an Oklahoma Sooner. But Deshaun McCullough is the guy at Cheetah and a guy that should be in contention as an all-conference first-team player in 2023 at the very least. He's
0: got that kind of ability, it looks like, no doubt. All right, and uh, those comments from Joel Klatt are ortho-central clip of the day.
1: technicality guy is on the air comfort uh solutions text line Uh david igwebu transferred to a p5 school is houston not a part of the big 12 for 2023 do better steely
0: i guess that's accurate mr semantics i guess that's accurate yes for next fall yes okay uh our ortho central clip of the day again from joel clatt uh ortho central with clinics now in norman midwest city And a new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Also want to thank Lasher. Home Comfort Systems, they'll do a great job for you. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Heating and air needs you need addressed. They'll do it for you at a great rate with super professionals coming out to do the work for you. 405-579-3113. Let's break right here, and when we get back, we'll go right to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, see what you guys have to say. On the air, Covered Solutions Tax Line, again, at 405-651-3439. Just getting started here on a Thursday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. We are back. T.J. Ecker will join us in the uh, next segment on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. Riverwind Casino, the best casino experience in the Oklahoma City metro area. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games as well. They have a big-time poker room, the best bars and dining, Coop Ale House Bar, They also have great dining again, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, the River Buffet, the Seasons Food Court, all highly rated. Great promotions like the new Member 7. You get out there, new patrons, and you sign up for a Riverwind wild card. It's going to help you out a lot. And all these promotions, you might hear your name called and the giveaways they do all the time, and you can earn up to $450 in one day. And, again, uh, concerts are on their way back. I know we have games in the Showplace Theater right now. It's a non-smoking gaming area with the renovation going on, but soon it will reopen. Won't be too far. We'll have great shows like Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, that is coming, and others as well, plus Beats and Bites in the summer. Always something to do. Always a great chance to win. Always a chance. Not a chance. Always you're going to have a good time out there at Riverwind Casino. That's why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, let's head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line
1: 405-651-3439. Who's been giving Joel Klatt the Crimson Kool-Aid, asks a listener in the nine one eight. I you know he has uh, he
0: has consumed some crimson Kool Aid in his past. Joel Klatt, it seems like had always been pretty good to Oklahoma. Remember he and and Colin Cowherd were talking about Oklahoma was the second best team they had seen. You know early in the season when they routed Nebraska and Lincoln, they were talking about Georgia's is the best. But, man, I I haven't seen anybody better than Oklahoma. And then, like, three weeks later, of course, they were dumping all over OU because, well, they should have been because of the performances that followed. But uh, Joe Klatt always seemed like a pretty positive OU kind of guy. He's he's always – and for good reason. I mean, the Sooners have had a lot of success. But I don't know. Can we label him a friend of the Army? I would say, for the most part, he, he deserted for a little while,
1: but he came back. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Redemption. A redemptive arc. Uh, elsewhere on the text line. Fans should be fairly excited about Rondell Bothroyd at edge. He's coming in with as much or more stats than the two starting edges now. I He, I, he looks like a good pickup, right? The kid out of Wake Forest.
0: He's... Uh, He has shown that he can get after the quarterback, yes. So the Sooners need more of
1: that, there's no doubt. Uh, (laughs) Defense, we we got all kinds of mule shoe text after the conversation that we had last segment about the defensive back evals. But no, it's funny, you look at the roster right now, and if you're setting Gentry Williams and Jaden Rowe aside, because technically they were recruited by the previous staff, but they signed under bv and the new staff and bv and the new staff had to re-recruit both of those guys as i recall to solidify their commitments to oklahoma but if you disregard the class of 2022 and look at the three recruiting cycles that alex grinch was actually present for at oklahoma you know how many defensive backs from those classes are still on the roster at oklahoma
0: the ones you mentioned and maybe one more
1: Damon Harmon, that's it. If you count Billy Bowman, he's there too. But Billy Bowman was recruited as an athlete, and the Sooners legitimately weren't sure when they took him yeah. which side of the ball he was going to play. He,
0: he was either going to be a wide receiver or a defensive back and a return guy. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And, you know, Billy Bowman's turned out to be a pretty good player. By the way, I just got a text. Steely, I saw the spring game is April 22nd. Do you know who the musical act is? We didn't have, There wasn't a musical act last year in the past. You know, there's been Trace Adkins, I think was one year. I can't remember who else. How about Ted Roof and the three-man fronts? <laughs> you think Ted Roof's a baritone?
1: He looks no, like a baritone.
0: Absolutely he would be. He'd be the guy on Elvira again. <laughs> that would be Ted Roof. <laughs> Ted Roof and the three-man front. Let's get them playing at halftime.
1: Uh, here we go. We got some texts here that I want to get to from the 539. I forgot what it's like to unhitch the wagon. It's been a while. <laughs> Sad but true. Uh, listener in the 405 says, when is Taylor Heim committing? Well, it's going to be soon because National Signing Day is February 1st. So Oklahoma has, I mean, what, six days now? So we'll know by next Wednesday where Taylor Heim is headed. I firmly believe that after his official visit to Oklahoma this weekend, he's going to be a
0: Any other additions coming for the 2023 class? No, That'll no this be it. is it. Okay, so, man, how much time did we have between the early signing period and this
1: signing period, February 1st?
0: A month and a half. A month and a half. Man, it seems shorter than
1: that. It really did. It, it went quick this year. I think the portal had something to do with that. So it was just constant motion. Tyler <laughs> from Kellyville. I like that. That's
0: another musical suggestion for the uh, spring game.
1: Parker Thune and the mandolin of mayhem. Yeah.
0: You could play like a rocking mandolin, like set it on fire like Jimi Hendrix
1: did, you know, at the end of the show. Shred on a mandolin. Why not? Uh, how are we feeling about our Mason Thomas next year? That comes from a 918 listener. Our uh, Mason Thomas has a really, really high ceiling, and in talking to people around the program, there's a belief that that's the type of guy that could be a first-round pick one day uh, if he continues to develop and hone his skills because to break into the room that he broke into last year as a true freshman was no easy task, especially given that he didn't show up to campus till June. Remember, he was not an early enrollee. He just showed up and blew everybody away yeah in fall camp um name five recruits in the 24 class that you think 100 percent you will get well look i i am never 100 percent on any recruit anymore with very few exceptions i would say legitimately with no exceptions because recruiting is bizarre and things can change on a dime and there is so much that goes on behind the scenes that I wish could be talked about in the public eye, but just can't. And so, if the DJ Hicks saga, for instance, taught you anything, it's that nothing is ever a true certainty until pen is put to paper. A guy like Jackson Arnold, his commitment to Oklahoma is about as surefire as it gets, but even so, there's not a 100% certainty. What if Jeff Levy had taken another job at the beginning of December? Yeah. So... I would say five recruits that I am quite confident Oklahoma will end up getting. you got to start with Michael Hawkins. I think the Sooners get him. I think the Sooners end up with Eli Bowen, Bowen the Younger. I think the Sooners get Nigel Smith from Melissa, Texas. Very heavy OU lean. I think Oklahoma ends up with Aaron Flowers, the tremendous four-star safety out of Forney, Texas. And if I had to throw in a fifth, I would say Oklahoma is the leader in the clubhouse right now for four-star linebacker Peyton Pierce out of Lovejoy, Texas. And that's a guy for whom Notre Dame has generated some buzz in recent days. But yeah, let me just run down for you real quick the number of connections that Peyton Pierce has to the University of Oklahoma. Great-grandfather played at OU. Grandparents live in Norman. Dad played just up the road at TU. Brother wrestled at Oklahoma. Was actually high school teammates with Kyler Murray. He was the one for whom Kyler Murray was. or wait, no, no, no. Wait, I got to make sure I'm phrasing this right. He was the one that was benched in favor of Kyler Murray at Allen High School. That was how Kyler Murray took okay. over as the star. Gotcha. Uh, Peyton Pierce grew up an OU fan. Grew up going to the OU Texas game every single year. And wearing Crimson and Cream. Grew up not wanting to attend the University of Oklahoma, despite his fandom, but instead wanting to attend Clemson. Why? Because he wanted to play for Brent Venables. I would say that's a pretty good checklist
0: for a guy who's going to end up at Oklahoma, you would think, with all of that stuff. By the way, uh, Sooner Basketball... Saturday in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It is going to be a big challenge for Oklahoma. The number 2-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide come to the Lloyd Noble Center, 1 o'clock on ESPN. Alabama at home last night had a little trouble. They were down 7 at halftime, but they rallied to take down Mississippi State, 66-63, but it will be Bama and the Sooners, 1 o'clock on ESPN, coming up this Saturday. We have a pregame show for you at a Norman institution, the Mons. Eleven to twelve thirty Saturday. If you're going to the game, drop by the Mont first. Have their queso is world class, unbelievable, really good restaurant. If you've never had a swirl, that's an experience. Make sure maybe you're not gonna, you're not driving if you're going to have one. Certainly more than one of those. But I mean, the Mont is just well.
1: Fantastic. You said it. It is a Norman institution. It
0: is. It absolutely is, and it always has been. So, uh, and that's where me and the lovely Shay. Reunited was at the Monts. Really, after Shay and I graduated, nineteen eighty one Norman High School, hadn't seen each other for years, and I found out I had been, you know, divorced for a while, and I found out that Shay was going to be at this Norman High School get together at the Monts, and I thought, you know, I normally don't like to go to group things because, well, I'm got some social phobia if it's about more than ten people, but I heard her name and it was like ding, I need to show up. Because I had a crush on her in high school. Somehow she fell for this idiot, which oh, I'm still shocked by. Ste-
1: the- but that's how it all happened at the Monts. It all there happened at the Monts. For Steely's generation, their version of sliding into the DMs is sliding into <laughs> yeah. a bar stool at the Monts. <laughs> <laughs> we were outside on the patio. Actually, oh okay. yes, yes, you're right. It's uh, a good way to phrase it. Couple more texts here before we hit a break. Parker, do you have a man crush on PJ Adibare? Uh, yes. Yes, undeniably. Do you not have a man crush on P.J. Adabare? Who doesn't have a man crush on P.J. Adabare at this point? I'm just glad he shortened it to P.J., yeah, uh,
0: because it might have been like, remember when Giannis you first came out, everybody was trying to pronounce his last name. It would have taken at least a year or so, you know. Uh,
1: one suggestion for the musical act at the spring game, Mike Steele and the Floating Tidy whites. That
0: guy's been listening for a long time because that's the story of <laughs> terror at Lake Thunderbird when I waited out and I thought, man, this water's muddy anyway. It's nasty. And then this white object sur- floated to the surface and w- the waves were taking it towards me, and I thought it was like a dead catfish or something that had bellied up. And it came closer, and it was a floating pair of gigantic tidy whities. It was like a scene from Jaws for me. I went running and screaming to the beach, <laughs> looking for Sheriff Brody to uh, to go get that beast because it was it was it looked like if um, like Andre the Giant had a pair of tidy whities.
1: That's I mean you could have built a sail out of those. It was bad. <laughs> Also, uh, one final text here, and a very good point from a listener in the 918. Remember, pen must be put to paper, but the paper must also be submitted, <laughs> a la Peyton Bowen.
0: Yes, Bowen the Elder will always be. That's uh, that's what it was all. That was a crazy, what a crazy, crazy, like, 48 hours that was. I, I don't know that there's anything else that tops that for me. All right, got a break? Coming back, T.J. Eckert will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline next right here on The Ref. All right, we're back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on the uh, Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. We have T.J. Eckert joining us, KJRH-TV in Tulsa. We're going to grab TJ. We got TJ? We're at, I am I, in the process of getting TJ as we speak. One moment. We can do it. TJ, hang in there. We got you. We got you. We got you. All right. 405 651 3439. Air Cover Solutions text line. That's 405 651 3439. A little Thunder basketball last night. Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks beat Oklahoma City at the Paycom Center. Uh, Trey had 33 points, 11 assists. The Hawks have been a little bit of a disappointment. They're one game above 500. Oklahoma City now two games below 500 with that loss. They will host Cleveland tomorrow night. The Cavs currently the five seed in the Eastern Conference standings. Oklahoma City drops a half game out of the 10 spot, which would be in the uh, playoff uh, tournament. Uh, They are a half game behind Utah. So uh, still plenty of time. Obviously 48 games, 24 games left for Oklahoma City. Target acquired. Let's do it, uh, TJ Eckert, Riverwind Casino Hotline. TJ, did you send your uh, your info to LinkedIn to become the uh, the offensive analyst uh, for Oklahoma? Have you done that yet?
3: <laughs> yeah, my resume is in order, and we should be hearing back hopefully in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours.
1: Well, you know, if Oklahoma is trying to build the Bixby pipeline, that's right. I mean, come on, this yeah, <laughs> <it's> where <laughs> it's got to start. I think TJ.
0: I think TJ. Uh, Started the pipeline, the Bixby didn't. <laughs> the first one to start constructing the uh, Bixby pipeline, right? Or pretty
3: pretty uh, early on. I I think I think when I left was when they realized that they had to start building the pipeline. Is what it was, Steely. I think it was. I think I was. The, I think I was the reason they're like, "Crap, man, this this team kind of sucks. We need to start getting something going." And then I left, and then they're like, "Yep, that's all we needed to do."
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about what's happening. Uh what, what do you think of the Sooners off season so far, talking about the twenty twenty three class, what they've done in the portal. We played a clip from Joel Klatt who said that, you know, he thinks that Oklahoma can turn it around, maybe they could be the next TCU next year if they win a bunch of close games. What's your eval on what Oklahoma's done in the off season?
3: Yeah, it sure. Seems like they've they've plugged some immediate needs, right? I mean the the obvious emphasis early on appeared to be the defensive front. Looks like they did a good job there. The wide receiver room, like we kind of talked about a few weeks ago, was maybe a position of need. They've done a good job uh, plugging a couple gaps there, maybe with some returners, but then also going into the portal and grabbing a guy or two there, too. So things look pretty good. I, I, you know, I've, I've made the point a couple times that it's nice to see that the, at least from the, you know, we we don't know if these guys will translate to the next level, but from the recruiting ranking standpoint, from the vibe around recruits that has been going on through the offseason, it's nice to see that the players, the kids, weren't too concerned with the record that was put on the field and were more looking at the direction maybe that the program was hopefully heading. And so I, I think that's that's been the biggest win for me is, you know, you know, the recruiting class rankings great. Getting some kids out of the portal, that's great. But seeing that sustained success on the road recruiting – I think has been the biggest win considering what happened uh, on the field during the season. Now, TJ, let's let's go from the gridiron to
1: the hardwood for a moment because this has been a very popular conversation over the last couple of days understandably as Oklahoma just suffered their worst loss of the Porter Moser era at the hands of TCU on Tuesday evening. So, As you look at this program, and we had this conversation with a couple different guests yesterday, we'd love to get your take on it. As you look at where this program is right now in year two for Moser, do you feel like they've risen above, sunk below, just met expectations in year two, and what has to change for this basketball program to get to the point where, especially in a tough conference like the Big 12, they're capable of holding their own with the nation's elite programs?
3: Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a tough question because you look at what happened after Long Kruger's team made the Final Four, and and that I feel like that that was super high above exceeding expectations for this program. I think I feel like every year the expectations probably make the tournament, see what can happen. When Kruger made the Final Four, he lost that senior class, and they had a couple struggling struggling seasons. But he found a way at the end of his time there to make the tournament, actually won a game in the tournament that last season. I think they beat Ole Miss. I think it's who they beat. Um, and so even with maybe a down roster and what would be considered down year, he still found a way to get, get that team to the tournament and ultimately win a game. So it's interesting from from looking back, looking at it now to where um, this team just doesn't feel like a tournament team, even with a, a, a down year. And so that – To me, that would be below expectations this season so far. There's been a lot of things since Kruger left that has changed in terms of guys entering the portal. Moser pretty much built last year's roster from the portal. Um, And he kind of had to do some more portal shuffling this season. So I understand there are a lot of moving parts that have happened recently. uh, But, you know, not making the tournament back-to-back years would feel like it's still below expectations even with all of that happening. So, Obviously, still time left in the season. There's still a chance for them to kind of turn this thing around. The Big 12 is so streaky in that you can, like Oklahoma State, they win a couple games at home, and it feels like you're you're on the right track. And uh, you know, so maybe OU finds a way to win a couple games here and get, build some momentum. But I would say if you miss the tournament again this year, you you you've definitely been beneath expectations for the program.
0: You know, it, it certainly feels like uh, back to football, that game at Chapman Stadium, the non-con matchup between Oklahoma and Tulsa next fall with Kevin Wilson and, you know, Steve Spurrier Jr., who was part of the 2000 staff that won a national championship for Oklahoma. And uh, with what's going on there, the, the way he's constructed that staff, Kevin Wilson, that, that could be an intriguing matchup just because there's so many – kind of sidebar stories to that. And I think it's uh, it's got some people excited about Tulsa football again.
3: I agree. And I don't know if I told this story from his, from, I guess it was his second press conference with Kevin Wilson. He, or, and it was, uh, he was talking about the staff additions he had made. He had hired Steve Spurrier. And so that we had kind of had a press conference to talk about um, all the staff changes that had happened. And he, we talked about the, the OU, OU game came up. And he told a story about, I want to make sure I get the timeline right. I believe Wilson got hired. What was the year, Sealy? You would know better. 01? Is that the the right year he got hired? 02. Yeah. I think 02. 02
0: is right, yeah.
3: Okay. So 2002, he gets hired. And I believe it was around that same time that Steve Spurrier left Florida to go to the NFL. It was somewhere around there. And Dad, Steve Spurrier. And so there was kind of this belief that Bob Stoops was going to get that job, that Stoops was going to return to Florida, take that job. And Kevin Wilson had just accepted, as he tells the story, the OC job or the, or the, the offensive position at Oklahoma. And he was really nervous that he accepted that job and Steve Spurrier left, that Stoops was going to go to Florida and that he was going to be out of the job. And he, he told a great story about not knowing how to approach the situation with Bob and whether he needed to call Bob and, and, and confront him about the rumors or if he should just let it play out. And he said he battled with it for a few days and ultimately ended up calling Bob and was like, "Hey, uh, coach, do I still have a job at OU? like what what's the plan here?" And And Bob ultimately told him, "Yeah, of course I'm staying at OU. Why would I go to Florida and so the rest is history there with that?" But it was a fun story hearing Kevin Wilson relate back to some of his time in Norman and his relationships with those guys and how much it meant to him to be at OU. And so I think he I think he is excited about that game coming to Norman. And then back to your original question or coming to Tulsa. Back to your really original question. I think there is excitement around the Tulsa program, one, because that game is going to just draw a lot of people to the stadium. It's going to be a fun game. But, two, because he's doing a great job on the recruiting trail bringing in Tulsa kids. I mean, that's all the staff has offered, it seems, since he's gotten there, is just offering Tulsa kids right and left. And so I do think there's a renewed energy around the program, and I think playing OU is going to help, but I think also their commitment to recruiting the area is going to help too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, there are plenty of kids in that area, no doubt. There's some good football played. Uh, every week in the high school level, certainly in that area, in green country, no question. TJ, thanks for your time. We'll do it again soon. Thank you.
3: You bet, guys. Thank you, guys. See you later.
0: TJ Ecker joining us. Uh, and again, uh, TJ uh, always does a great job. Love having him on. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll fill out that last segment coming up. Right after this break, with all of your texts, we can get to. That's coming up next right here on The Rep. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, coming right back. All right, we are back for one last segment to uh, cap this first hour. We've got another hour to go. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Good to have you along today. 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our thanks again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one. They'll do great work for you. Give them a call, 405-579-3113. All right, so let's get back to the text line and uh, see what you folks want to talk about. And uh, having Kanick and Stutzman possibly on the field full-time this year, that's cute. Having McCullough and P.J. on the field at the same time, without a doubt, in 2024, that's beautiful.
1: What do you think? PJ's going to be really good, Steely. And he might be really good really fast, too.
2: Yeah, he could like, be. He could be.
1: When you look at Oklahoma's edge group heading into the 2023 season, it is loaded. In terms of depth, not necessarily in terms of top-end talent, because I still think there's a lot that's yet to be proven from the individuals in those rooms. But Ethan Downs, Marcus Stripling, R. Mason Thomas, Reggie Grimes, Rondell Bothroyd via the transfer portal, Trace Ford, and and yet I'm not convinced any of it is going to matter when it comes to keeping P.J. Atabari off the field, because... I think he could prove too good to keep off the field as early as week one, much like we saw with our Mason Thomas a year ago.
0: Yeah, and uh, you would expect at least that he's going to get some time in the rotation, no doubt, that he's going to play uh, his share of snaps, you would think. And, uh, yeah, and I love what they got through the portal, too. Like you said, if Trace Ford is healthy, there is
1: no doubt that he's a guy that's going to make some plays for you. Yeah. He's and a good player. Also, I think we spend so much time talking about PJ and deservedly so, but I think the discourse surrounding PJ has kind of obfuscated the reality that Sammy Omasego is going to be a freakishly good prospect as well. To add, he to that just room.
0: kept shooting up the rankings. Yeah, I know you liked him he's- early. He was a three star at one
1: point, right? <laughs> three with the founding member of three star you.
0: Yeah, he was,
1: and uh, he ended up. uh, He's the number four linebacker in the country right now. He was pretty close to getting a fifth star, right? I mean, mean, it's it would have taken quite a bit for him to rise to five star territory. But you would say high four star. Yes, he is certainly a high four star, top one hundred kid. I think he's number sixty-seven in the composite as of right now, and number four among linebackers. All right, coming in, uh, got a text. Steely, settle a, settle a bet.
0: This is from Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie I, Crimson? No, not Ronnie oh, Crimson. Okay. It's not Ronnie Crimson. It's another Ronnie. Uh, I say Troy Aikman wore number eight at Oklahoma. What say you? He did not wear number eight at no, Oklahoma. No, it was number 18. Number wasn't 18, it? yes. Yeah. Troy Aikman was 18. He started wearing number eight at UCLA once he transferred to UCLA. And uh, ended up becoming the number one overall pick. It, w- it was Aikman, Tony Mandarich, and Barry Sanders third. Right? The Packers could have had Barry Sanders at Lambeau Field. Instead, they went for Mr. Steroids' Tony Mandarich. One of the biggest draft flops ever. He's right there. Who's on the Rushmore? Jamarcus Jamarcus Russell? Tony Mandarich, um, uh, Ryan Leaf, who fills out that Rushmore? Todd Marinovich. Todd Marinovich. How high was Marinovich drafted? I'm trying to remember. Like I said, the poor kid, man, he was a robo-quarterback. His dad, Marb, was one of those helicopter dads. Wouldn't even let him eat a Twinkie. I mean, a kid should be able to eat an occasional Twinkie. They're very good for you. That you hear that cockroaches and Twinkies can survive a nuclear holocaust. So how can it not be good for you, right?
1: <laughs> you remember? It, this is kind of off topic, but goes back to the conversation that we were just having a moment ago. I stink OU football thing. Yeah, really? well, no, that's what I'm going to do. But you remember a? Uh, you remember back in July when OU just barely missed out on Troy Bowles, and everybody was like, "Oh, there's three star OU." Yeah. They oh, had yeah. Sammy Elmasigo who was a three star, and I think he was he and Phil Pachotti, mm-hmm. who had just committed, were their only linebacker pledges at the time. Oh, that they was still were shortly before staff so bad. Yeah. That was shortly before Lewis Carter committed, and everybody's like, They can't land the big dogs at linebacker. Why can't why can't venables of all people land elite linebacker talent? Well, <laughs> you look you take a look at the rankings these days, Sammy Elmacigo outranks Troy Bowles.
0: Yeah. Well, the boomer doomers were eventually defeated because the boomer doomers don't have any patience. You know, they no, expect they do everything right now. They every meal that the boomer doomer boomer doomers dine on is a microwave meal, right? It's got to be done. It's got to happen right now or they're very upset. Heath Schuler is a somebody suggested as one of those guys. I always think a quarterback, if they wear a number in the 20s, I guess Doug Flutie wore 22, right? John Hadle back in the day in yeah. the NFL wore 21. But he Shuler, didn't he wear 20 at Tennessee?
1: I'm going to go ahead and Google it up. I do not recall. I know recently Shea Patterson wore 20 at Michigan. Uh, by the way, from the 405, 99.5% sure I saw Trace Ford at the Sam's in Norman over the weekend wearing an Oklahoma State hoodie. Is this a normal slow transition or seem odd? Maybe. Do we need to worry about Trace Ford transferring back to Oklahoma State? Is he going to pull a Trey Bradford on us? I wouldn't think so. Is he just here to collect intel on the enemy?
0: I forgot all about Trey Bradford. Yeah, that was crazy. It was the girlfriend. By the way, he, Shuler, wore 21 at Tennessee. He was a U.S. senator for a while, wasn't he? Was he? Shuler, didn't he go into politics? I don't know. Shuler... Schuler Fry. Okay, um, I guess we're out of time for the first hour. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. We'll be hitting a lot of your texts in the next hour. We'll talk about the uh, NFL Conference Championship weekend to come. Hear from Jalen Hurts, hear from Patrick Mahomes, and more coming up next hour as well. Stay with us for hour number two. want to thank again, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, a lot more football conversation coming up next hour. Mike Steele, Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. All right, we are back. Good to have you with us. Hour number two. Who does number two work for? It works for you guys. Air Comfort Solutions Text Line. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Conference championships coming up on Sunday. The Eagles are a two-and-a-half point favorite over the 49ers. We'll hear from Jalen Hurts a little bit later on. The Bengals in Kansas City with the uh, video and the news that Patrick Mahomes so far has been able to you know go through drills or at least put some weight and uh, run around on that ankle so far, that line has switched. Kansas City is in one point favored now. The Bengals won an Arrowhead last year, obviously. Can they do it again? 530 on CBS. Zach Taylor. What a meteoric rise. What an unbelievable job he's done. I mean, not like he didn't pay his dues, but I'm talking about winning in Cincinnati hasn't always been easy. And if they go back to the Super Bowl again, which they very well could, this game is going to go right down to the wire. Zach Taylor. Sherwood son, born Norman, Oklahoma, Wake Forest to Nebraska. Didn't he go to, like, Butler Community College? Didn't he go to a junior college before uh, he was at Wake and then went to
1: Nebraska, I believe? Gosh, I couldn't tell you. Zach Taylor. It's been so long. My earliest memories of Nebraska football were when Zach Taylor was the quarterback.
0: I was coming back. I think I was coming back, uh, was it from Augusta? And I ended up on a late flight. There were very few people on it, and Zach Taylor was on that flight. And he had just, you know, was going to Wake Forest and everything. They had about a 10-minute conversation with him. And, man, he was a sharp kid back then. Very sharp kid. So, and what he's done in Cincinnati has been unbelievable. And Mixon and P. Ryan in the backfield. Samajé, you kind of thought, man, maybe Samajé's not going to make an impact in the league. And guess what? He has. Joe Mixon, I remember the first time I was talking to Rufus Alexander. And uh, Rufus, uh, you know, who's now, you know, a consultant over there and everything, and uh, I asked Rufus, he'd seen some of the early workouts and practices, you know, and I said, Rufus, what, what does Mixon look like? And he said, one word, superstar. And that was very early on. Very early on. So, it's going to be a fun weekend. All right. I have a question for you. Okay. All right. This one is uh, kind of silly, but I think we can run with it. I was thinking about this last night. If you had, like, a guy's weekend, let's say you're going to Vegas or something, all right, which three Sooners would you like to take with you and why? Oh, boy. This is off-season radio right here. This is off-season radio. (laughs) This is off-season radio. Current Sooners? Yeah, no, it could be Sooners. You know, you can go go all the way back to, like, Buddy Burris if you want to. I don't care. Just let me know. If you're going to have a guys weekend, let's say you're going to Vegas. I do not want to go to Vegas.
1: Let's just be clear on that. Sin City? Las Vegas Sooner on the text line knows this as well as anyone. I am not a fan of Sin City. It is nothing personal. Nothing against anyone who lives out there or enjoys Las Vegas. It's just not my speed.
0: You got to see Parker drinks homogenized milk here every day. It's he's very pure. He's you know what? I'm a, I'm not a big Vegas guy too. I'm not. I've been there. Yeah, once. you don't strike me as a I big just Vegas I'm just guy. not a. That's just I'm just not a that kind of dude. I don't know. I'm probably boring. I don't know. But four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. 651 I most, would
1: go the most reclusive member of Oklahoma sports media does not strike me as the type that's reclusive. Frequenting Vegas me. Isn't that the word you you have
0: used before? I think it was Barry Twammel who said that. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Steely since nineteen ninety two or something like that. But I I am a homebody. Dang, yes. that's thirty years. You no, gotta check in on Barry. Actually, you know, around uh, I was you know doing post game and I was over in the press box. It's been about fifteen years though, uh, when I was doing all of that stuff. So I think I would take. Uh, we got to take the buzz. Okay. All right. We'll take the buzz. I'm going to take Daryl Ray along because Daryl Ray is going to be able, if you're going out, let's say you're going camping, who's going to he's smoke gonna, some really good ribs for you, you huh? right? Daryl Ray. Plus, he's a super good guy, a great conversationalist. you got to raise barbecue. Daryl's liable to you'll walk up to your table, and he's not going to want to interrupt you. But if you want to strike up a conversation with Daryl Ray, he'll talk to you. Some great stories. So, Daryl Ray is going with me. And then, I don't know. Who would be the third? The easy would be, bang, God, switcher. But, uh, number three, who would be number three? If you want to take a modern-day player, maybe, uh, see, if you took, like, Jalen Hurts, he'd be trying to, you know, too much leadership and too much. Do you say too much leadership? Well, you know, you want to have a, you want to let loose, and he'd be wanting to be all disciplined and everything, keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah, and exactly. I you feel would, like, listen, you, you gotta wanna have, turn, you want to turn it loose. No, You're listen, saying, as, Jalen
1: Hurts would be the designated driver. As someone that has been on many a spring break trip or road trip with a group of friends for one reason or another, you have to have one of those people in the group. You have to have someone with an organizationally focused mind. So, Jalen Hurts. So, Jalen Hurts, yes. Generally, that person is me. Usually, (laughs) I am that person. It varies. It depends on where we're going and why. Yeah. But I can be the Jalen Hurts, and then sometimes I'm the boss. But you have to have one person amongst the group who's there to keep everybody on track and on schedule. Somebody who's responsible. Exactly. Okay, I got
0: you. All right, (laughs) 405-651-3439.
1: Maybe Seth McGowan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no Seth McGowan would not be on my list that's that's from a listener hey, that you, I would, want to... you might get in some trouble there Las Vegas Sooner says it's official you're not invited to go to church with me when you visit <laughs> I didn't realize there were churches in Las Vegas but hey that's a, that's a plus uh, okay my short list Parker is Bradley Cooper in the hangover <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say My short list is probably – number one for me is DeLarian Turner-Yell because that's my guy. D-T-Y Um, is part of your crew, Yeah, absolutely. First Have to take him along. Uh, Been tight with him for a long, long time. He's definitely coming along with me. I feel like, ooh, you know what? I'd bring Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops, super reliable. Well, super reliable, and you know he's probably got Bob's credit card so he can pay for everything. All right, yeah, good thinking, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who would be three? Who would be three? You need one of those. You need one of those first off the bus people, like in case you get into a skirmish. How about Marcus a Dupree? A kerfuffle.
0: Yes. Marcus right, Dupree. I'm going to take, take Daryl Ray, the Boz, and Marcus Dupree. There you go. Right there. Jalen Hurts. I I don't know who's the response. Daryl Ray would be the responsible one there. Daryl, great conversation, great barbecue. This man was an all-pro
1: safety, and he could also punt. Danny Stutzman is my third. Danny and Stutzman? he's wearing a GoPro on his head the entire trip. Are you going to try and keep him lined up the whole weekend
0: correctly, or what? Don't do that. No, no, no.
1: I'm just going to let Danny be Danny. All right. Brian and Tulsa
0: said, Stutzman and Layman, buys all linebackers. Kelly Gregg, that's a good choice. Kelly is a great dude. He's hilarious. I love Kelly Gregg. He's
1: awesome. Super cool, dude. Uh, Everybody, everybody's saying Baker. Baker would fall down in front of the cops so you could get away, said one listener.
0: That, man, that was one of the worst deals. I remember when that came, I was like, what? And then you saw the video. It was like, dude. And that tackle looked pretty bad, man. When is he tackled into, like, a brick
1: wall or something? This is an interesting trio from Sean. Wahoo McDaniel, Buster Rhymes, and Trey Matoir. <laughs> wow, really? Trey Matuire? Come on.
0: Hey, the man with luster, George Buster Rhymes, was highly recruited, man. The rumor was that Buster may have fired off an Uzi on top of the uh, Wilkinson house back in the day. <laughs> Maybe. That's the rumor. Wahoo McDaniel went on to pro wrestling fame. And, I mean, you definitely are going to have a good time at a guy named Wahoo, right?
1: You don't you – no, here's, here's what I want to do. I just changed my mind completely. I want to bring – these are my three that I'm bringing on this weekend. I am bringing Trey Matoir and Michael Honeycutt, and I'm bringing Jalen Hurts just to see if he can keep those two in line. Really? It's going right. to be a social experiment. What about you could take
0: uh, Gabe Burkage and uh, just don't – you know, burritos cannot be on the menu, obviously. Eric Bassey, Bubba Moses, and Scott Kempinick.
1: (laughs) Those are some names, man, right there. Those are some names from the past. Parker, Bridges, and McGowan would be perfect, said somebody in the 918. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we'll get in some trouble. (laughs) Did this actually happen? Somebody in the 918 says, Switzer's tweet was the best after Baker's Fayetteville thing. They would never have caught my quarterback. Yeah,
0: that's right. I forgot did he really tweet them. that? I he, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, that oh, was very The King came through on Twitter with that one. That was
1: good. Absolutely. Somebody said bring the holder that got beat up in the bathroom. That would be Spencer Jones.
0: Steve, Dr. Death Williams, Tony Casillas, and George Cumbie. I love it. Dr. Death, we lost him way too soon. Uh, Tony Casillas... Tulsa kid who was uh, highly recruited and uh, turned out to be a great player on that 85 national championship team. And George Cumbie, if I'm not mistaken, George Cumbie, who played, uh, was an All-American linebacker, started as a fullback at OU, got converted to linebacker, and a former colleague once, Daryl Hunt and George Cumbie, he Yes, I've heard this story. He, he transposed the letters – The C and the h he gave the C to Daryl Hunt, and he gave the H to
1: George Humby,
0: and the other guy was daryl and he repeated it like twice,
1: and if you had three guesses at who it was, I was you'd you'd get it within three guesses
0: well the great the great linebacker core of and Humby and then I'm sorry. I said I, I meant and Humby,
1: Braden Willis, Marvin Mims, and Baker Mayfield from the five eight oh. I mean, if you're trying to play, if you're trying to play a game of flag football on the streets or something like that, I feel like those three guys are good teammates to have. Baker Mayfield tossing it to Braden Willis and Marvin Mims. So if you're like in a situation where. You got a film crew and you're doing one of those. You've seen those videos on YouTube where they're like they got a soccer ball and they're just nutmegging random people in the streets. So if you're just trying Mm -hmm. to pull up on some random beach somewhere and play a game of you know passing league football, yeah, those would be a good three. Um, (laughs) Just Uh,
0: you definitely don't want to go in the truck with Dusty and Brent Rawls.
1: That was, was a wait, long time ago. Was Dusty in the truck with I Brent Rawls? I don't
0: know if that's factual or not, but I know that Brent Rawls fell out the back of said truck. I don't know if he was the driver or not, maybe, but somebody just said, you don't want to go on that road trip. That was always uh, that was the last straw for Brent Rawls, who had a really good arm, by the
1: way. We're going to go Louisiana Tech. I think that's where mm-hmm. he went, and I don't know if he ever threw a pass down there. Somebody said Josh Jarbo. <laughs> Wow, Josh Jarvis. That's a blast from the past. He was on, uh, didn't he do the gangster rap video?
0: Uh, yes. And then he ended up, he was gone. Didn't he go to like Troy or something like that, if I'm not mistaken? Joe Don Looney. Joe Don Looney was a legend, man. He had an off-season paper route. He used to care for elephants. Joe Don Looney
1: was a a classic. Somebody in the 918 says, Trent Williams, Phil Lodeholt and the Boz. That way I can do literally anything and not get messed with. No doubt. No doubt. All right, we got a break right here.
0: And uh, we'll come back, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 in the Air Cover Solutions text line. Talking some more Sooner football with you when we get back right here on The Ref. All right, ladies and gentlemen, how we doing? Welcome back. Home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino, the number one casino in the metro area, voted year after year after year after year after year. 2,800 electronic games and counting all your favorite table games. If you want to find a great poker room, it's right there at Riverwind Casino. Best bars and dining. The River Buffet, steak night, Friday night, seafood night on Saturday, big-time brunch on Sunday. You also have the uh, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant right there, too, which is a great little place to go watch the game, have a cold one. They've even got individual TVs at your booths there. They make a great chicken pot pie, which I like, too. Uh, The Seasons Food Court, big-time promotions also, of course, like the new member seven. Get out there. If you don't have a wild card, if you've uh, been out to Riverwind, you need to experience Riverwind with your wild card. The new member 7, you can earn up to $450 in one day. It's going to get you some discounts. And if you're using your wild card while you're playing the games, you're very likely at some point to hear a name called for one of their great drawings that they have and win some extra cash or a prize. Uh, Go out there and get that wild card. Uh, It won't be too long before we have shows back at the Showplace Theater. They've got a non-smoking gaming area. In there right now, but uh, the renovations, they're they are getting close to the finish line. At least it's in sight. And uh, once again, the Showplace Theater will be back. Uh, and Earth, Wind & Fire is going to be one of the early shows uh, coming out. Uh, so get ready. Uh, won't be too long before they announce that. And we're going to have a great time seeing shows at the Showplace Theater. Plus Beats & Bites, the Summer Music Festival is always a hit as well. That is why Riverwind Casino, again, is simply the best. We were talking about, uh, you know, sooners you might take if you're doing, like, a guy's road trip or weekend. Uh, We can get a few more of those texts. And then I want to talk again about Taylor Heim and Junior Day coming up. If there's going to be trouble, Kelly Gregg, Dr. Death, Creed Humphrey. All wrestlers,
1: yes. All wrestlers. Good call. Greg Pruitt, Little Joe Washington. And Rocky Kalmas, says Kevin in Tulsa.
0: Interesting trio there. Greg Pruitt, you know, sometimes we don't talk enough about Greg Pruitt anymore. I think, didn't Greg Pruitt average like nine yards a carry one year? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Greg Pruitt, when he initially came out of the Houston area, I think initially he was going to be a wide receiver at OU. And then they went to the wishbone, and Greg Pruitt, you know, became a superstar. On that uh, great 1971 team. Tommy McDonald is the way Brian spells it. Steve Owens and Billy Sims. Somebody brought up Jimbo Elrod. Uh, Man, we lost Jimbo Elrod way, way too soon. Great Sooner. Great defensive end on those championship teams of the 70s. And, you know, just a big-time Sooner fan. Good dude. Jimbo Elrod. Um, You know, like I said, we lost Jimbo Elrod way too soon. Just like we lost Steve Davis way too soon. All right, uh,
1: 405-651-3439. Don in Tulsa said Rocky Bright, Quentin Chaney, and Ramon Richardson because I actually know them. There you go. All right, Don. Sounds like a party. Uh, AD, Charles Thompson, and Demarcus Granger would have a lot of fun, and AD would whip the other two into shape if drugs or theft came into play. Drugs or theft?
0: Well, Charles, you know, oh, got the okay, cover of okay, Sports okay, yeah, Illustrated.
1: DeMarcus right. Stranger,
0: didn't he steal the code at Burlington Coat Factory out there for the Fiesta Bowl, I believe it was? Um, and,
1: you know, AD got in a little bit
0: of trouble for using a switch.
1: Uh, okay, now I'm picking up on all the, uh, yes, okay, that tracks. Um <laughs> What running back was Switzer referring to as "smoke through a keyhole"?
0: That was Joe Washington. In fact, Joe has his own signature so- cigar called uh, "Smoke Through a Keyhole," and uh, I haven't heard from uh, Mister Salusti in a while. But they they've done events out uh, in Norman, and uh, Joe's cigar has a silver wrapper on it, which is pretty cool. So. That would be my uh, my favorite all-time Sooner right there would be Little Joe Washington. Camo Sooner said Stalker McDougal. Stalker McDougal, yes. What a great name Stalker McDougal is. Doesn't
1: it sound a little bit like a cartoon character, but a yes, fine it player? <laughs> it does sound like a cartoon character. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, So can we, can we say we have kids named Taylor Wine and Taylor Heim? Oh, the job that Plank would have on the sidelines. Kind of like C and C. There, Yeah,
0: interesting. All right, speaking of Taylor Heim, Junior Day is coming up this weekend. But it is. Taylor Heim uh, looks like is, you think, and a lot of people think, is going to be part of the 2023 class. Uh, this is not a PWO situation. This is a kid who's 6'3", 190, out of Bethany, and
1: you crystal balled into OU, right? Yeah, scholarship edition. And a guy that Brent Venables really, really likes. A guy where they, they're they not entirely sure what position he's going to play. They just know they want him on the roster. Uh, I would lean towards him playing. Well, and I take this back. I take this back. No, I'll stick to it. I was about to say, there have been some interesting circumstances that have arisen recently where I could see Taylor Heim maybe be in a... Maybe starting out at tight end at the very least. But... I think especially because Brent Venables was the one that uh, took a look at Taylor Heim, liked him, wanted to get him on board. I figure Venables will kind of be selfish with him, put him at linebacker, see where things can go with his blend of size and athleticism.
0: If you could pick one guy from the 2023 class and from the portal editions of the 12 portal editions that you think maybe we should be talking about a little bit more, which player would you pick? From the, from the recruiting class and from
1: the portal that maybe should be get, being talked about a little bit more. From the recruiting class, I am very, very high on I a think couple I, of guys. That... Wait a minute. I think
0: I'm going to write one down that I think you're going to say. Okay. Okay, hang on. Go ahead.
1: Let me know when you're finished writing. I'm writing. I'm done. Okay. You ready to hold it up? Keon Brown. Oh, he said Phil Pachati. Look, right. I I do like Phil Pachotti.
0: Okay, why but Keon think, Brown? Everybody's th- talking about uh Petaway getting maybe a little more. Yeah, Keon Brown's
1: Keon Brown's one of those guys where I can I can see him forcing his way into an early role with this program with his blend of size and speed. And he's he's a special talent. Criminally underrated, I do believe. A guy that for my money is probably a top two hundred player in the country. And the production that's He racked up over the last two seasons down in Tallahassee, Florida. The performance that he had at OU's camp over the summer, uh, he was a late riser, was a guy that didn't really flash until uh, he was a junior in high school. So I think that kind of put a cap on how high he could rise, especially in a position like wide receiver that is always so dense with talent year to year. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, but I really think Keon Brown's going to be a special one. And another guy, another offensive skill position guy that I think you could see some of in year one, maybe not a lot of, but some of, is Dalen Smothers. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood himself. Now, to me, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk are your very clear one-two punch at running back. And I think Emeka Megwa probably becomes your goal line hammer, if I had to guess. But... I can see Dalen Smothers presenting a viable challenge to Marcus Major for the RB3 duties, and I think as Ramondre Stevenson proved back in 2019, being the third-string running back at Oklahoma can have some value.
0: Yeah, man, yeah. I mean, I loved uh, Ramondre and what he's done with the Patriots, and, uh, you know, he's developed into a big-time running back. I know, he had some costly fumbles down the stretch, but – um. Yeah, having that guy who can close around the goal line is important. And, and Ramondre, you know, also liked it when uh, Trey Sermon was at OU. You know, uh, he ended up being kind of that guy that would come in the out of the bullpen, right, late in games, and you'd have to try and tackle
1: that guy. And yeah. of course, he went on to be you know really special at Ohio State too. And again, late in his career. And again, I think it's I. It feels weird to be talking about a top 100 player as a guy that's somewhat flying under the radar, but I really do not think we talk enough about Samuel Masigo. and I think that's a guy that's going to play another as guy, a true freshman.
0: Yeah, another guy mentioned Jacoby Johnson, and I think maybe mm-hmm. he is a little bit under-publicized. Maybe I, only because I think Peyton Bowen kind of, uh, you
1: know, there was so much Peyton Bowen that Jacoby Johnson, I mean. He needs to play receiver, man, and. He's got a bright future as a defensive back, if that's what the Oklahoma staff ends up wanting to do with him. But, man, for my money, Jacoby Johnson's got to play receiver. And I don't often say that about guys that have a legitimate future on either side of the football because I think generally it benefits those guys to gravitate towards the defensive side. But he's just such a special, talented receiver. He's
0: not an early enrollee because he wanted to play basketball, right? Yes, so, uh, but he's a heck of an athlete, obviously. All right, we're going to take a break. 405-651-3439, and we'll get back to some more text here in a little bit. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Thank you. Exit 72, great selection, great guarantee. Oil changes engines for life on new used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Stay with us here on the Wrap. We are back. It is a Thursday edition of Steelman and Thune, well past noon. And don't forget, we're going to get locked in at the top of the hour with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Very latest, all kinds of recruiting information, all kinds of stuff, center football related, nothing but one hundred percent center football coming up at. 2 o'clock with Locked In. We're going to talk Thunder basketball for five minutes with our man, Brandon Rabar, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. The Thunder, as we talked about last week, they are getting ready to launch themselves back into championship contention here in a couple Years because they're on that track. This is a good basketball team. They lost to Atlanta one thirty seven to one thirty two last night. Trey Young and company came to the Paycom Center and won the game, but it's still uh, this is an impressive Oklahoma basketball team. All right, Brandon Rabar, Thunder Insider, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, when we talked about you know this this organization trying to rebuild and everything with with SGA at the forefront, and clearly Sam Presti has drafted well. Josh, Josh Giddey, when they redraft, people are pushing him way up. Uh, clearly uh, J-Dub has been a great pick uh, and uh, I, I think that obviously the Thunder is in a very good situation. Uh, Chad Holmgren coming back next year. But the talk had always been, well, Mark Dagnall will be the guy that will, you know, try and be here for the rebuild and the transition and everything. But if they get back into championship contention, you know, they'll, they'll go to a more experienced coach. Well, I think Dagnall has done such an unbelievable job. He should ride this out as long as he can, and they should go with him. What do you think is going to happen? Would anything happen to change that, the way they've been playing now?
4: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I'm, I'm pretty high on Mark Dagnall. Look, he is coaching the youngest team in the NBA, the second youngest in NBA history, second only to last year's OKC team, and they have a top-ten defense. And they have a top-ten defense without a true center. I mean, they're playing power forwards and small forwards at the center position this year because Chet Homer's out, Jeremiah Robinson, Ernie's been out, Boku went out. They don't have any true 7 footers, and they've been... He just gets maximum effort. All the guys buy in. I'm, I'm excited to see Mark Dagnall coach a team with experience and with more talent. And once the talent, you know, their age catches up with the talent that they have, uh, I think that he can be a, a really good coach in this league. Just going by, you know, the Thunder keep exceeding expectations. Just look at this year. Uh, they're firmly in the playing discussion, and they were supposed to be far from. I think Dagnall is a big part of that.
1: Now, Brandon, where do the Thunder turn now with Poku on the shelf for a while? Because, obviously, you don't have Chet Holmgren. Uh, Now Poku's going to miss some substantial time, it appears. So this team uh, appears to be at a bit of a size deficiency, at least when you're talking about uh, guys like Chet and Poku that have that added dimension to their game in addition to their sheer size.
4: Yeah, like look at last night against the Hawks. The Hawks have some bigs between Clint Capella, John Collins, uh, their bigs went eighteen for twenty in the paint, and they, they still uh, just squeaked out a win. It was a one point game with fifteen seconds left. Uh, and the Thunder did that by starting a six seven guy in Kenrich Williams, who's naturally more of a small forward slash shooting guard. He was playing center last night because they're so you know hurt in the front court. I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl will be back soon. Um, you know he's he was week to week. Uh, he's progressing. I think he'll be back soon. Uh, Mike Mastala, he's 6'11", but he's more of a perimeter player than he is, you know, an the pain paying protector. I think it goes a long way to saying, you know, how good this defense has been without a true center down low. Uh, I think they're waiting for J.R.R.E. to get back, and he'll be the solution until next season when Chet's Chet makes a big
0: return. We've seen the videos of Chet Holmgren out there, you know, shooting, and it looks like he's able to uh, to move around pretty efficiently. Obviously, with the injury, what a you know what a horrible injury that was in the summer league. But it, it looks like uh, certainly, unless something crazy happens, you know, Chet Holmgren is going to be ready to go. You would think at the at the opening tip for next season, and that's exciting, obviously, for Thunder fans.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. This dude, number two overall pick, and you know, a lot of people said he should have gone number one, and look what Paulo Bontero is doing, and, you know, Chet Holmgren, same pedigree as Paulo. He's seven foot 7'6", wingspan, and, you know, Walker Kessler, uh, the rookie out of Auburn, he's been one of the best shot blockers in the NBA this season as a rookie. I mean, Chet's on that level as a shot blocker and rim protector, but... He also shoots nearly 40% from three, and he can handle like a guard. I mean, he is just – he is kind of a freak of nature. A, a seven-footer who can handle and has a skill that he does and protect the rim. And just, you know, you talk about unicorns a lot, and, you know, Wim Bignana coming up in this rookie class is, is a unicorn, but, but Chet's kind of a unicorn, too. He's exactly what the Thunder are missing right now on both sides of the ball.
1: Uh, Here's a question from the text line, Brandon, and I'll add a little color to it, but Brian and Tulsa wanted to know, would the Thunder try to bring Buddy Heald back to OKC? And it feels like the Thunder have been stockpiling draft picks for so long that we've just kind of been waiting for them to go ahead and make that move that they feel like, can get them back into championship contention, whether that's for an elite guard or for an elite big or whatever they feel like they need to add to this team to really put them over the top. And maybe that picture's a little bit clearer now that you have a guy in Shea Gilgis-Alexander that looks like one of the top 10, 15 players in the entire NBA. But in today's trade economy, maybe it's not Buddy Heald, but a guy of Buddy Hield's stature, what do you think that's going to cost the Thunder in terms of compensation?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I do think at some point, whether it's this summer or next summer or next trade deadline, um, the Thunder will make moves. They've got a ton of assets, and they're just waiting for this core to be ready, and they'll make a the move. And now that, like you said, SGA is a top 10 to 15 player in the league, that's the toughest thing to get in the NBA Is a young superstar, and the Thunder have that. And they have the pieces around him like Giddy and Dort and Dub and Chet. I do think the Thunder will make a move. They got the assets to do it. Uh, you know, look at Donovan Mitchell. This this past off season, a few first round picks, a young player or two, and the Thunder have twenty. The Thunder could go out and get another star to put next to SGA. Cost them maybe three first round picks, a couple of swaps, and a young player or two, and the Thunder would still have more first round picks than almost any team in the NBA. That's how many assets they have and that's what they've been building for. It's going to happen at some point. All
0: right, Brandon Rabar, Thunder Insider, joining us. One more question, and I'll let you go. Um, If my math is correct, I think LeBron is 157 points away from Kareem uh, from becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Now, the Lakers have five more games on their schedule before they host the Oklahoma City Thunder. And LeBron averages twenty nine nine a game. Now to get to uh, if you divide one fifty seven by five, he's going to have to average thirty one for a game. There's a question, you know, a question uh, certainly whether LeBron's going to sit out a game or not. But there's a very good chance when uh, the Thunder. Play uh, the Lakers on uh, February seventh, I believe it is that LeBron James could become the all-time leading scorer in league history against OKC, and they play the game before they play OKC. They're in New Orleans, so you know they would prefer to have him do that in LA. So I think there's a very good chance we could see history with the Thunder on the court against the Lakers, uh, and with Russ on the floor at the same time. It'd kind of be a cool deal, wouldn't it?
4: Yeah, you know, we've been pretty blessed as Thunder fans to to be a part of seeing some games that OKC is involved in with history, like Kobe's last playoff game in OKC, uh, you know, things like that. And you're right, the timeline really lines up. I I think you hit the nail on the head. They're coming off a road trip. I believe it's a three-game road trip, and then they're home at L.A. for the first time against OKC. You know, the Thunder, they got one national game because, You know the folks at TNT and the NBA decide. Hey, we need to show this young OKC team. They very well may get a second one if uh, if it looks like LeBron's going to break the record against OKC. Mm -hmm. It it would be a really really cool thing uh, to see that happen.
0: Let's call it right now. It's going to happen. LeBron is going to set the all time record against the Thunder on uh, Tuesday, February seventh, out in LA. Uh, And then the you know two nights later, they host Milwaukee in a TNT nationally televised game but maybe ESPN picks it up or something but it's very likely uh, it's certainly a very big possibility that could happen against the Thunder. Hey Brandon we appreciate your time thank you very much we'll talk soon.
4: Absolutely have a good day Mike.
0: Brandon Rabar joining us talking a little Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. Would you think that would be cool if he said it against OKC? Some people might
1: think Ah, you don't want LeBron to break the record against your team.
0: I think it'd be kind of cool. Does it matter?
1: Like that's, it goes back to the whole Jocelyn Alo conversation, right? How nobody wanted to pitch to her because it didn't seem like anybody wanted to be the program that she set the home mm-hmm. run record against. Who cares? Yeah. Honestly, I, who cares? I think it'd be it's a not cool like, moment. It's not like a decade down the road anybody's going to be going, <laughs> remember, yeah, remember when LeBron broke the scoring record against the Thunder?
0: Probably lol. Not. But I do th- They I don't sucked. And I, I do think, again, there's a very good chance that game will be picked up again if, if that's uh, you know the situation we're looking at for LeBron, particularly if he only needs like six points or whatever. All right, break time. We'll come back. We'll hit the text line again. All right? Text line 405-651-3439. Nothing but your text to close it out. Stay with us here on The Ref. We are back. Hey, we want to remind you, pregame before OU and Alabama basketball coming up Saturday. It's a 1 o'clock game at the LNC. It'll be on ESPN, number two, Alabama. Struggled a little bit at home against Mississippi State last night, but won 63 Sooners, man, they could use their dire need of a victory. Bama's going to be a big favorite. We'll see what happens. But we have a pregame show for you, 11 a.m. until 1230, at the Mont coming up this Saturday before Oklahoma and Alabama basketball. Come by the Mont, eleven to twelve thirty for our pregame show. A Norman institution, the Mont. Did you hear JT Gasso on with Plank this morning? Sooners uh, hitting coach obviously has done a tremendous job. And the Sooners, uh, clearly the consensus number one team in the preseason rankings. And uh, this, this team is fully loaded. JT Gasso sounded like uh, this team has a lot of options this year.
4: Well, one of the things that was really cool was when we went back and looked at the data just, and just seeing how, how people you know, progress over the fall, every single person hit the ball harder, and hit it were, were more consistent in their and uh, how they were hitting it every like every single player I've never I can honestly say that I've never had that before where every single player improved. I can't just name one because literally everyone um, improved so um, that's awesome yeah just just keep just keep an eye like, I, I honestly feel that you might be surprised by at least one person a game.
0: There you go, two weeks away for uh, the Sooner softball team in the Mark Campbell Invitational against Duke and Liberty. Uh, they'll play uh, Duke at 6 o'clock and then Liberty at 9 o'clock, two weeks away from game number one. I know this team lost Josh Linallo, arguably uh, you know uh, the greatest Sooner softballer of all time. But uh, you only bring back Grace Lyons, Jordy Ball, Tiare Jennings, Jada Coleman, Kenzie Hanson, Riley Boone, Elisa Brito, Grace Green, and then you add transfers like Alex Storaco, Haley Lee, Sidney Sanders, Alana Torres, freshmen coming to board like Kirsten Deal on the mound, Jocelyn Erickson. I mean, just think of the pitching staff. You got Jordy Ball, Nicole May, Storaco, the Michigan transfer, Kirsten Deal, number one high school pitcher in the country. I mean, <laughs> this team could be Patty's best ever. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable the job that she's done. And uh, people are fired up. They always are fired up for a little Sooner Women's Softball. All right, let's sneak in as many texts as we can. You want to do that, Parker? Air Coverage Solutions text line.
1: Oh, boy. Listener in the 580 says, I care, Parker. I.e., they care about LeBron not setting the record against ah, yeah. Old school remembers that defense is your best offense. Screw LeBron. Shut him down, Dort. Not in our house. Tree-hugging inclusionists are not welcome in the Oklahoma sports arena. Yeah, I said it. Well, remember, the game is
0: going to be in L.A. I understand that you don't want to read, but it would be the game would be played in L.A. And I think that's why there's a chance, again, that they would kind of if they have to rest him, maybe or something like that. I I don't know that they would want him to have do that on the home floor. But I understand
1: that there's some people who don't like LeBron and that's that's your prerogative. I get it. Tony G on the text line says, super random, not sure why, but just thought about the time when Steely called Dave McCullough's school for the correct pronunciation and told them that he is a regional radio star. Oh, the hilarity. Missed you Monday and Tuesday, superstar. Love the show. Yes, uh, Steely has earned an invite to the ESPYs for that moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've always been an idiot, pretty much. Just ask my mom. Uh, Kareem is, at best, the third best center of all time. If you're da, 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 a true basketball aficionado, then you should know the greatest center of all time is, well, some people would say Bill Russell. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it also, a lot of it is who your teammates were. And Kareem had great teammates in L.A., some good teammates, an aging Oscar Robertson, uh, you know, in Milwaukee. But Kareem, if you look at Kareem's Compare even his career accomplishments to uh, to Michael Jordan's, and he beats him in a lot of areas. Uh, Kareem was, uh, you know, and I think he still had the most unstoppable shot
1: in uh, NBA history with the uh, skyhook. Somebody said, "Um, Al, Al Downing would like to have a word with you." Al Downing, of course, served gave up. Yeah, and Karen's seven fifteenth. But look. That's baseball. We're talking about basketball. If yeah. you're a pitcher in baseball, there right that's the same reason people know Mike Bassick's name is because he gave up Barry Bonds' right. 756th, right? But that's different. That is an individual hitting a home run off an individual. LeBron James breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record against the Thunder there's no individual who's associated unless with that unless maybe you're the guy if you get dunked if on he or gets, something yeah if, know, if like you're... if he posterizes Poku then sure whatever <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm trying to think i'm trying to see if my long-term memory's still there i think that Hank Aaron hit 714 off Jack Billingham i'm going to google that up and see if my brain still works it might it might
1: Your brain still
0: works. I mean, it's... It's It's not all the time. My brain reaches back into the 70s and the 80s and 90s better than That's kind of your sweet spot. It is because it's called short-term memory loss, I think, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point about Al Downing. I remember, uh, wasn't Craig Sager one of the reporters there that was kind of chasing down Hank Aaron? I remember watching that in our living room, that moment. It was kind of cool. All right, we got to get out of here. Parker and Tyler McComas are coming up next, and they'll get you locked in, all kinds of recruiting information and more. You've got a a grin on your face. Do I? uh, Yes, something must be happening. I'm going to be locked in with you here in just a few because Parker has that grin working right now. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino, and thanks to you. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Ref.